Shalom. On today's program, we're introduced to two Galilean fishermen who are called to become fishers of men. Stay tuned for Our Jewish Roots with Bible teaching by Dr. Jeffrey Seidler. Sunrise on the Galilee. Simon Peter prepares his nets for a day at sea. Much like the sea, Peter is unpredictable, calm and steady. And then, in an instant, tempestuous. As we reflect upon the Lord's most intriguing disciple, we can see ourselves because we too have been broken and then restored. We too, in so many ways, are much like Peter. We're so glad you've joined us today. I am David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. And I am Jeffrey Seif. Well, we've been bringing you series for the last 40 years, so many Bible stories, and I have got to say, Dr. Seif, I think this series is one of our favorites. It's all about Peter. Why Peter? It really is. I think Peter is so much, I mean, we're so much like Peter at the end of the day. Nobody's perfect. And his ups and downs, I think we can relate to that. I just love getting into the Bible and getting into the Bible in Israel and reconstructing these lives. I do too. And I just, I have to tell all of you watching right now, this is the series to tell your friends about. Tell them tune in or go online, watch this one. Visually, it's absolutely beautiful and your teachings are right to the heart. Good stuff. Thank you. We take you now to where it all began. We take you to Israel right now. Let's go there. The beautiful Sea of Galilee is the lowest freshwater lake on earth. At its widest point, it measures 13 miles from north to south and seven miles east to west. The archeological remains of numerous ports along its shores attest to its commercial importance in biblical times, providing the principal source of livelihood for fishermen who lived in the area. The waters flowed southward as they do today through the Jordan River toward the Dead Sea. It was here in Galilee 2,000 years ago that Peter and his brother Andrew reflected upon a recent encounter they had with Yeshua, Jesus, along the banks of the mighty Jordan. Impulsivity. <laughs> 
אנחנו זקוקים למשיח. למשיח. עכשיו יותר מתמיד. In no uncertain terms, and with no exaggeration whatsoever, it can be said that this path is the very path that the first disciples of Jesus walked, with no exaggeration. This roadway behind me goes back to the uh, 8th to 10th century BC. And in Jesus' day, the place this is leading into is bustling, known as Beit Tzeda. Fascinating place. A number of Jesus' first Talmidim fared from this place, which I, the reason why I say in no uncertain terms, they would frequent this pathway into the city. Bethsaida, a commercial fishing site from Bet, which means house, and Seda, which means hunting or fishing. And indeed, those who lived here, who were noted in the biblical literature, were later commended to be fishers of men. It's a fascinating story. I want to pick it up where Yeshua, where Jesus calls his disciples at the first in the uh, Gospel of John, there in the first chapter. We're told that Jesus is walking about in verse 38, and there are some people that are following him because Yohanan, John the Baptist, had commended him. And he says, what are you looking for? What follows is rather telling. They said to him, Rabbi, which is translated teacher, where are you staying? Well, this tells me right off the bat that this document was not written to Jews. And the reason why I say that, if, if you're speaking to Jews, you don't need to bother to explain to them what the word Rabbi means. <laughs> they already know. Similarly, as you go down, we're told, Andrew, we're, we see in verse 40, who's referenced as the brother of Simon Peter. His name was Simon, uh, which means to listen, and Peter was a name that was given later. It's just kind of assumed in the text at this point in time. Uh, that, that his brother was the one of the two who heard uh, John endorse Jesus, who turned around, and he said in verse 41, we found the Messiah which is translated the Christ. Now, if you're speaking to Jews, you don't need to explain what the word Messiah means, they already know. If you're speaking to Jews, you don't need to explain what rabbi means, they already know. But this author needs to explain it to his hearers, which means at this juncture, the gospel has spread beyond Israel's borders. And arguably, if you look at the Joanine Gospel, it circulated in Ephesus, uh, far away from the Holy Land. And what this author is trying to do is explain events that happened in the Holy Land, uh, giving the Jewish perspective to individuals who were non-Jewish and translating it. The principal point here I want to note in verse 42, that Andrew, excited as he was, were told that he brought Simon to Yeshua. He, he reaches out to his brother. Hey, you got to check this out. I found something good. This is really interesting. You know, it's interesting to me, by the way, how the gospel flows down webs of pre-existing relationships. I've got nothing against standing on a street corner and handing out a pamphlet. But in so many ways, it's people uh, that come to church on the arm of a friend because someone reaches out and touches. That's certainly what we have in place here. 
And uh, Andrew, we're, we're told, brings Simon, and Yeshua looked at him. You are Simon. You shall be called Kepha, or Cephas, from an Aramaic, a Semitic language, for rock, translated into the Greek, Peter. You shall be called rock. It's interesting for me. I wouldn't have gone with, uh, with Kepha. I would have gone for Cheres, uh, which means clay, because, you know, he was kind of moldy, you know, kind of impressionable. You couldn't always count on him. But isn't it interesting, and it's a great point I want to just walk out of this segment with, and that is that Jesus sees past people's human foibles, and he sees their potential, what they can be, and he names it here. It's interesting, the Lord gives us a new name. When we come to him, he does that, a new identity, lots of new stuff, lots of good stuff. And we're gonna learn more about it as we look at uh, Peter and see in ways how we're much like him. Our resource this week, the Hebrew Names of God Cards. This collection includes 12 vibrant, high-quality art cards, each with Old and New Testament connections on the back, with scripture and beautifully written devotionals. When you contact us, ask for our free monthly newsletter, The Levitt Letter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. Call 1-800-WONDERS or visit us at levitt.com. I am walking through the gate of Bethsaida. And as I take this first step, I want to remind you that those who walk through the gate of the kingdom, they walk through it because somebody extends an invitation. I mention that because when we look at the Johannine Gospel, we see at the first is Yohanan John the Baptist. And he's a credible person in the culture. He points to Yeshua. Someone hears about him, Andrew, and what he does is he speaks to a friend, actually not a friend, excuse me, he speaks to his own brother. I hope they were friends. He speaks to, um, to Peter. We know him as Peter Kepha back in the day, uh, different names for the fellow. And he tells him that uh, he's found someone special, the Mashiach. And uh, then later on, we see as we go through the literature, Philip is another one. Uh, we, we see the gospel spreading through a community. And this is the community I'm touching the stones, Bethsaida. These people were from here. And it's a, such a joy to bring the story to you from here. But more important than that, to my way of thinking, what's noteworthy in the story is worth underscoring, and that is that the Lord calls someone, and what does he do? He gives them a new name, a new identity. So many people are so wrapped up in the sins of the past, yesterday, yesteryear. Do you know that when you would have an experience with Yeshua, there's a reset button that's put, that's pushed. That reset button is put down and a whole new life springs up. We know that to be the case from the Bible, and I hope you know that to be the case with you.
want to say a quick hello to my mom and dad and your in-laws yes. who watch our program on their TV two times a week. Late at night, I think. Late at it? night. <laughs> I think around 10 or 11. Yeah. And we, we love that they get to watch what we do on their television. But there's so many other ways that you can watch things all about Our Jewish Roots and our program. We are literally all over social media. We are social media savvy. All you have to do is click in or Google at Our Jewish Roots and you'll find us and make comments, write to us. We love to respond back and we will see you on the internet and on real televisions. We, we were able to go to Israel to film this whole series. Israeli actors are with us in this series. Dr. Seif is in Israel. We are in Tiberias, where it is just an amazing place, and we want to thank you so much for allowing us to do that, to continue to do that. Thank you so much. Right now, we continue with our story of Peter as his brother Andrew tells of his recent encounter at the Jordan River with John the Baptist. Let's go there now. מה עוד אמר המדביל? הוא אמר שהוא קול קורא במדבר. פנו דרך אדוני, בדיוק כפי שהנביא ישעיהו אמר. נדמה שזה כל מה שאני שומע אותך מדבר עליו לאחרונה. זה לא רק אני. זה עורר את עניינם של מנהיגי ירושלים. הם שלחו פרושים מירושלים. אלה אותם כינה המדביל צפעונים. הם שאלו שאלות חוקרות. שאלות נוקבות. Okay, I'm coming to you from my living room to yours. Who do you think you are, Cy? Fred Flintstone, you're in bedrock. Well, I am in bedrock, but let me tell you about this place. This is Bet Tzeda, and this is the house of a fisherman. How do you know that? Well, archaeologists dig around, they find stuff, and they know the kind of people that lived here. Well, we know the kind of people that lived in Bethsaida because the Newer Testament tells us. What I want to alight upon is something noted in the first segment, and that is Yohanan, John the Baptist, uh, baptizes, presses repentance. Andrew uh, is pointed to Yeshua. Um, Yeshua, then, then Andrew goes and, and, and references Peter. It's the juxtaposition of the repentant story and the Peter story that I want to highlight. And I want to introduce you to the concept that repentance is a process. It's not just a one-time deal. I say that because when we look in Matthew chapter 3, uh, you can hear John rolling it out. He's intense in verse 7. John the Baptist says, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit worthy of repentance. Repentance, teshuva, changing your direction. Prove up that you've made the solid turn. I mean, John is very direct, he's very forceful. 
that certainly got Andrew's attention and Andrew got Peter's attention and Peter got on board with the Jesus story, but Peter wasn't a quick turn. That's why I like the juxtaposition of the John the Baptist story and the Peter introduction that I noted at the beginning of this particular program. I mentioned that on the one hand, when you think of John the Baptist, you know, repentance is you do it, you do it now and it's done with. But when you look at Peter, we see that it was fluid. You know, the word Peter means rock, but he's about as solid as a bowl of jelly on many occasions. And I'm not trying to insult him. He's not here to defend himself. But the biblical narrative tells the story, which, by the way, is one of the reasons why I think that he's elevated uh, in that pack of disciples. Not that he's supposed to be the first papal figure to speak of, but he's a figure of imperfection that carries on and matures in the process. And in that sense, we can all relate to him. Thus, a series much like Peter, because in so many ways, in so many days, we are much like him. Well, here's uh, John the Baptist preaching a repentance message. Turn, turn, turn. And indeed, people should. But if you can turn your pages to uh, later in Matthew, a few chapters down the road in the Sermon on the Mount, you might recall the prayer there, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Imperfection is part of the human experience. My imperfections and yours, certainly his, and we see it here in the literature. And that's great news from ancient Jews. And I say that because uh, it's easy to get guilty. It's easy to take our eyes off the Lord and put our eyes on the way that we aren't all that we should be. And I'm not making light of it. I'm not talk, trying to talk you out of a conviction if it's resting on your heart, but I want you to know that, that God loves you. And he closes here, and, and it's really interesting. It speaks to the point, and I like to make the point from bedrock here, as I said at the outset. This is a fishing house, and by the way, it was a really nice house in its day. Uh, I'm coming to you from my living room to yours. Well, somebody else's, some fisherman's living room. But when Matthew records the Jesus story and introduces John, he introduces him with the name, with the claim, rather, that from these very stones, God can raise up disciples. It seems impossible, but he can do it. He who began a good work in you can bring it to completion. Get your eyes on him. I know you're much like Peter, but there's much to be loved in Christ because, indeed, the Mashiach loved us. My name, Kirsten, has been mispronounced my whole life. I get Kristen, I get Kirsten. I've always played with the thought of, do I give myself a new name that's <laughs> easier to pronounce? I like and your name. Thank you. <laughs> and here's, here's Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah, giving someone a new name. He gave him a new identity, yes? Yes, I think it's profoundly important. Uh, it's, it's a reset button in life, something new, something encouraging, something prophetic. And uh, we spend so much time looking in the rearview mirror where we've been, uh, the, the car accidents in the past. What about fresh slate, new name, looking forward in the windshield and getting on with life toward a preferred future? I like that. And uh, we're, we've been discussing, did he stop 
being a fisherman, I mean, we don't know. This is not written down. He said, I'm going to call you and make you fishers of men now. But he probably still did his normal work, right? Well, eating is helpful, especially if you're raising a family. The notion of, well, I had a secular vocation, but now I'm going to a sacred vocation, I think comes from Catholicism, where um, those that opt into a sacred vocation, it's characterized by differentiating from human experience, whether it's marriage, you know, family building, or secular vocations. Uh, by way of contradistinction in the Jewish world, the Parushim, the Pharisees, were very popular amongst the Jewish rank and file because they still worked and they still ministered. For example, Paul the Apostle, uh, he earned a living and then ministered. Of course, you get donations along the way. You get some help from some friends. But uh, no, I don't have any problem construing them as still out there beating the bushes trying to find a dime and a dollar. Still had a family to take care of. And I think they did pretty well as fishermen back in the day. But to give all that up to follow Jesus? Yeah, well, actually, it's interesting. Peter was day labor uh, in uh, John and James' family business, the sons of Zebedee. He didn't own the boat. Mm. He was just minimum wage worker. So it's interesting. Uh, the one who was the lowest uh, on the social strata economically becomes the spokesperson for their pack. Wow. That lets you know, talk about a new name and a new identity. That's a shift, isn't it? No, I like that. And I didn't even think about you came from here and, and Yeshua, Jesus is going, no, I'm bringing you here. And then he goes down and he comes back up and he just, uh, oh, well, now I kind of gave myself goosebumps on that. As the waves of the sea, you go up and you go down. Kind of his story does that too. He he rises up and he disappoints and he rises up and yeah, the story and, of his life a little bit. The, the beauty of it is from my perspective, we often look at people and we see what's wrong with them, whether it's real or imagined. Well, the problem with this person is this and the problem with that person is that. It takes something else to see what's right with the person, to actually see uh, beyond the blemishes. And uh, you see that straight away with Jesus. He looks at the man with respect to his potential, uh, not with respect to his faults. Now, those faults still carried along. Uh, as he made his journey, even subsequent to his new birth with Jesus. Nevertheless, uh, the Lord saw what was right with him and got a lot of traction out of that. So he gave a lot of grace to those guys back in the day, but he gives a lot of grace to us today, too. And that's the point. And I think that's why uh, Peter uh, is such a good read, uh, because his foibles are obvious. They're there. They're headliner stories. You know, what an idiot. And uh, I mean, it's easy to say that about him. Uh, but with that, then there's the grace that's extended to him and through him. I think people can relate to people like that. You know, in another world, in another season, I've served uh, managing a police academy, you know, and I would. No, I, I was able to hire lieutenants to vet candidates at various campuses. But when I was doing vetting, I'd say, listen, uh, just be honest with me here while we're going through the process. I'm not expecting perfection. If Jesus Christ wants to come back and be a police officer and sit in front of me, I'll go, wow, I got perfection there. Other than that, all I have are human beings to deal with. And I can deal with foibles. What I can't deal with is deceit right now. And I would just kind of put it out there so people can, can be themselves, warts and all. Just be honest. And, uh, you know, God knows what we're all about. And, and there is special grace to your point. Good. Need that. Let's keep that where it is. Good word. Thank you. So much more to come in this series. We're excited about it. We get to sing. 
more teaching, dramatic reenactments, but it's time to go today. It is, and it really is a great series. Please stick with it for your sake, not for mine. Peter's a great read. As you go now, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store. There, you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Our Jewish Roots Help us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.